Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 335. It is Thursday, April 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and TikTok. No, not the app. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Happy April Fool's Day. There, I told you what day it is, so now you shouldn't get fooled today. So don't get fooled today. And I promise you I have no tricks up my sleeve today. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. If you do that, I promise I won't play any pranks on anyone today. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type get HIPAA compliance into the search and join the group. Uh, I've decided what I'm going to do every day now, or at least I'm going to try to every day is share a a statistic with you. Um, because I think t- to some degree that is important to know what you're looking at. It's, it helps to keep you educated so you know what it is you have to deal with every day. And today's statistic found a little bit alarming. Nearly 20% of ransomware victims that pay the ransom do not get their data back. So something to think about before you pay the ransom. Um, We have a few updates. Citrix did release security updates for hypervisor. So Citrix, uh, these are uh, vulnerabilities that you need to address. You can review CTX306. 565 on the support.citrix.com website. VMware released a security update for vRealize Operations, Cloud Foundation, and vRealize Suite Lifecycle Manager. I know we mentioned the vRealize yesterday, but it seems a little bit more than that. So some a few different items for vRealize. Again, VMSA-2021-0004. Again, these are vulnerabilities, so you will want to update as soon as possible. And Google released an update for Chrome for all operating systems. You should be on Chrome 89.0.4389.114. Should end in 114. I have some local news for those of you in Connecticut that listen to this podcast. DMV was um, having technical issues this morning. I don't know if that's been resolved. There is not an update on this. As of right now, as of this recording, it was been it has been it was told that Tuesday it would be resolved. So this started at nine a.m. Tuesday. Was they were told it would be resolved by noon on Tuesday? It was still a problem yesterday, Wednesday. I don't know if there's any updates to it since the people that run emissions tests were reporting that the system was down for Connecticut DMV. So if we get more information on that, we will update. Child tweets gibberish from U.S. nuke account threat post. If that doesn't scare you, I don't, I don't know what will, because it's pretty. That's pretty scary. Telecommuting social media manager for the U.S. Strategic Command left the laptop open and unsecured while stepping away. A nonsense tweet sent out from the official account of the U.S. Strategic Command is no reason for alarm, according to the department. Social media manager's kid found an open laptop, pounded on a few random keys, and sent a tweet which read, and it's just gibberish, last Sunday. The, me- the tweets were met with an alarm since 
with Alarm since the U.S. STRATCOM controls the launch codes for country's nuclear arsenal. Michael Tallon, a reporter with the Daily Dot, decided to file a Freedom of Information Act request to get answers. So I have a few questions on this. Number one, I would be concerned that, you know, despite it being a kid, we should not have been open. This is nuclear codes, people, nuclear uh, accounts for nuclear. Um, the Twitter account for the U.S. nuclear, what I don't know what you call it, U.S. Strategic Command, I guess. That should not be unlocked, number one. But number two, why do they need a social media account? I mean, this just doesn't, I don't, why do you need a, hey, by the way, today we're going to launch nuclear weapons. Wow. I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. I'd be curious how you get that job anyway. Like, what What do you need to do? Um, but there you have it. APT, Advanced Persistent Threat, Charming Kitten Pounces on Medical Researchers, also on Threat Post. Researchers uncover a credential-stealing campaign targeting genetic, neurology, and oncology professionals. Security researchers have linked a late 2020 phishing campaign aimed at stealing credentials from 25 senior professionals at medical research organizations in the United States and Israel to an advanced persistent threat group with links to Iran called Charming Kitten. We've talked about Charming Kitten a few times. So they are targeting medical researchers. Um... It looks like in the U.S. and Israel. So pay attention, medical researchers. If you you're, if pay attention to your emails, these are probably phishing emails. You should avoid. You should pay attention to the content of the emails, where it came from, who it came from, what is the subject, and again verify if if you're getting something from a peer, a coworker, or somebody related to what you do, and you're not sure if it seems legit, then by all means, find out. Um, Bleepy Computer, 800 gigabits per second DDoS extortion attack hits gambling company. So that's pretty, that's a lot of bandwidth, 800 gigabits per second. DDoS stands for distributed denial of service, essentially means a bunch of computers are sending requests to this gaming server, a gambling company in Europe, the company's, the, so a company called Akamai says this is the largest DDoS, ransom DDoS attack that they've ever seen, largest known ever, or largest known DDoS attack they've ever seen. Um, so what does that mean, ransom DDoS? So essentially, the gambling company was probably hit with a ransomware attack and they're probably trying to restore. And so the attackers hit them with a DDoS attempt because now that'll slow down their connections if, if they'll, you know, it may completely disable them and not allow them to restore. And this is an attempt to get the ransom paid. So they talk about double extortion from ransomware groups. It's really more than that now. So they will encrypt your files. They will steal your data. They will say you're going. they're going to release your data. They will hit you with this distributed denial of service attack. They will call your, your end users, your clients, whoever it is, to say, hey, we hit this company with a ransomware attack and we have your data and you should tell them to pay us. So it's really more like four or five levels of extortion here that we're seeing. This is just another example. So this is a massive... DDoS attack 
I don't see the name of the company here, so I don't know who it is, but it's a gambling company in Europe. And this is the, again, the largest ransom DDoS attack, according to Akamai. Microsoft kills off the Cortana app for Android and iOS. I don't know why they thought it would be a good idea to begin with, but they killed it off. So you can go back to using Google or Siri, whichever one you prefer, or some people use Alexa or, or Bizby, Bibzy. I don't remember what it is, Bisbee, um, on Samsung. The CISA gives federal agencies five days to find hacked exchange servers. So this is my TikTok title today. Your time is running out. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency has ordered federal agencies to scan their networks again for any signs of compromised on-prem Microsoft Exchange servers and report the findings within five days. So you're working this Easter, federal agencies, IT. CISA issued another directive ordering federal agencies to urgently update or disconnect their exchange on-prem servers after Microsoft released security updates for zero-day bugs, collectively dubbed proxy logon. Tell me if you've ever heard that title on this podcast before. Earlier this month, CISA officials said that so far, no U.S. federal civilian agencies were compromised in ongoing attacks targeting vulnerable exchange servers. The newly issued directive, emergency directive, provides federal civilian executive branch agencies with additional forensic triage and server hardening requirements. Specifically, this update directs federal departments and agencies to run newly developed tools, Microsoft's test proxy logon PS1.PS1, which is a PowerShell script, and safety scanner mcert to investigate whether their Microsoft Exchange servers have been compromised. So you're, they, they've done all the legwork for you, so now you just got to run this script. The federal agencies are required to use tools developed by Microsoft to help organizations investigate if their Exchange servers have been compromised in proxy logon attacks. By 12 p.m. Eastern on Monday, April 5th, download and run the current version of Microsoft Safety Scanner. That's MCERT in full scan mode and report results to CISA using the provided reporting template. And by 12 p.m. Monday, April 5th, download and run the test test proxy logon.ps1 script as an administrator to analyze exchange and IIS logs and discover potential attacker activity. Report results to CISA using the provided reporting template. So those are the directives from the CISA. The emergency directive also requires agencies further harden their on-prem exchange service by 12 p.m. Eastern on Monday, June 28th. So you have mm, roughly three months, a little less than three months. Required hardening measures include provisioning firewalls, installing updates within 48 hours after they're released, which, again, if you've never heard that on this podcast, then you're listening to the wrong podcast using only supported software versions, configuring, logging, and storing logs off-site for at least six months, and installing anti-malware on all-prem on-prem servers. The fact that they have to tell you to do that is, is a little concerning to me, but Microsoft disclosed ongoing attacks coordinated by several Chinese-backed hacking groups targeting the vulnerabilities. Slovak internet security firm ESET also shared info on at least 10 more hacking groups actively abusing these bugs, we've talked about a few of them already. Um, Black Kingdom was one. They claim to have uh, compromised 1,500 servers. So there's a significant amount of traffic around, amount of activity, I should say, around this this compromise, this vulnerability. And if you're in the Fed, you're going to be working this weekend, it looks like.
Lexington Medical Center and Calviva Health affected by third-party data breaches. So a little bit of HIPAA news for you. Wake Forest Baptist Health has announced an unauthorized individual gained access to the systems of one of its technology vendors between October 16th and October 28th and potentially viewed or acquired files containing the protected health information of certain patients of Lexington Medical Center in North Carolina. The breach occurred in HealthGrade's operating company, Inc., which provided the hospital with patient and community education on health matters and medical services. The exact nature of the breach was not disclosed. No reports have been received to date to indicate any information was stolen and misused. The types of PHI potentially accessed includes names, addresses, dates of birth, contact information, demographic information, medical information, medical treatment information, and social security numbers. The files contained PHI dated from mid-2010 to mid-2011. So these are older files. I wonder if these are paper files. Um, does not. They don't know how many people are affected by this or the method of breach, so not a whole lot of information there. The fact that it took them five months to report, also a little concerning. The protected health information of certain members of Fresno, California-based Calviva Health has been compromised in a cyber attack at a third-party vendor. The individuals behind the attack may have accessed or downloaded sensitive files, although there are no indications at this stage that any sensitive information has been misused. The vendor was HealthNet Community Solutions, and its file transfer solution was provided by Acelion, well, there you go, which suffered a ransomware attack in which customers' files were stolen. The attackers had access to data in the solution from January 7th to January 25th. As it is common in manual ransomware attacks, the attackers released a sample of the stolen data on its leak site to encourage payment of the ransom. It is unclear if any of the information relates to Calviva Health members. HealthNet has since removed all files relating to Calviva members from the Acelion file transfer system and has now stopped using Acelion's file transfer services. I wonder how many clients Acelion has lost due to this compromise. Um, we may never know, but there you go. Another victim of the Acelion breach or the Acelion vulnerability turned ransomware, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I will have to do some research to see if there's any numbers on the total number of people impacted by this at this point. And there are no numbers on this particular breach, so I don't know. That is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.